Are you a writer or coach? Do you dream of building a successful online business? Are you tired of hearing the gurus tell you that you need a big launch or a complicated funnel software? Whether you're struggling with self-doubt, imposter syndrome, or just feeling overwhelmed by too many choices, I can help. Hi, I'm Jonathan Milligan, author of Your Message Matters, and I recently put together a free on-demand video training called How to Build an Online Business as a Writer or Coach the Low-Tech Way. Inside, you'll discover the low-tech system that 30 x my online business. Just go to freetrainingvideo.net to get started. Again, that's freetrainingvideo.net. Welcome to the Blogging Your Passion podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Milligan and Bob Lodick. What if you could spend the majority of your workday doing what you love? Well, in this episode, I'm going to be talking exactly how to do this. But first, Blogging Your Passion University is an online school for bloggers where you can learn how to discover your passion and make money blogging about it. We have over 100 step-by-step videos in the members area for every level of blogger. We have a 101 course for beginners, a 201 course for those blogging less than a year, and a 301 course for those wanting to turn their blog into a business. You can preview the entire course outline by going to bloggingyourpassion.com forward slash university. All right, let's jump into the episode. So what if you could delegate the things you don't enjoy and spend the majority of your day doing what you love? Is that possible? Another question is, when is it the right time to hire someone to help you grow your online business or your blog? Well, I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Nick Loper. Nick is a successful online entrepreneur who's been at it for quite some time now. And as his business began to grow, he saw a need to hire some help. So he quickly began looking online, trying to do research on virtual assistant companies and ways to outsource, and he became frustrated with the lack of reviews online for virtual assistant companies. And this led him to create virtualassistantassistant.com. And I would highly recommend that you go and you check out the website. It's how I originally got connected with Nick. And I had an opportunity to sit down with him and ask some very pointed questions on how do you hire help? And how do you decide what to delegate? And specifically, if you're a blogger, When do you hire help? And so we're going to jump into the interview, and I hope you'll enjoy and learn something new about how you can get help to grow your online business. So, Nick, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, and it's great to be able to connect with you, and I know we're going to help some people today because we have a lot of bloggers out there that are growing their blogs. They're seeing some success with their blogs, but yet... It's that time-crunching thing that's going on in their life because they're managing a full-time job. They've got families at home. You've got kids' baseball games. you get got all this going on. and you. But then you have this passion for this blog over here, and you're trying to figure out how to spend time there. And so today, that's what we're going to dive in, is Nick's great, being gracious with us to spend some time with us, and we're going to help you guys um, with some questions. So I put together a few questions that I thought would be helpful for the listeners, and here's the first question. 
So I know you've been working hard at creating a freedom business, and you've been very open about both the struggles and successes. And if you guys aren't on his email list, I'd encourage you to do that, and he'll tell you a little bit later how you can do that. But I've really enjoyed reading that and just kind of your journeys and your challenges and your struggles. Could you maybe share one major struggle that you've had and maybe one big success that you've experienced as a result of this experiment? Sure. So my biggest uh, struggle, you could call it, was um, so it took me three years of nights and weekends to build my online business to the point where I felt comfortable to retire. And so I had given my notice and um, you know, I was all set for my first day of retirement. And then that morning, the server crashes, mm-hmm. which, of course, it just has to happen like that, which normally is not a big deal. You know, whatever, you just go for a walk and the guys fix it and you come back later and it's fine. But it happened to be that Google decided um, for their advertising account they were going to scrub, they were going to you know uh, do do their audit of the site of the advertising account that day, and they're like, hey, this site doesn't even work, like this is terrible, and so they like got red flagged, and so they ended up like banning the whole mm. not not banning, but like saying this is this is a crappy site. Even mm. when it came back online, it like now they had got their attention right, yeah. and so they said even. When it came back online, hey, this is a crappy affiliate site. Uh, this is not a good user experience. Never mind, like the three years of account history and all the thousands of happy customers. They just kind of play, were playing God and say this was not cool anymore. And so that was on day one of retirement, and that was like a huge stressful summer. Uh, it really took three months to get back in um, back in their good graces after that. So. Uh, um, we're not on video, but I used to have hair. Um, <laughs> so I think I lost all my hair that summer. It was, it was some stressful times. Um, but on the success side, I think you, you can't taste that success without those struggles, right? Like you, um, it, it makes it that much sweeter. And for me, the biggest success is, is kind of the smallest success, like taking random days off to, to go skiing and just like not having to ask a boss if it's okay to take vacation, um, to me, that's that's what this um, you know this online business thing is all about. And and on the other side of that, I was up all weekend, you know, at uh, four thirty in the morning doing like the Black Friday Cyber <laughs> Monday uh, stuff. So there's a flip side to it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'd say that, and and I know it's a challenge um, for me is like actually allowing myself to have some time off. You know, I I'd, this had this experience a couple weeks ago where I was just sitting there at the computer doing my thing. It was a Friday. The weather was really nice. Of course, it's here in Florida. November-ish was when I was going through this. And I'm like, you know what? I put so much hard work into it. And although I enjoy what I do, I can choose to take my time and do something else with it if I wanted to. And so I told my wife, hey, we're heading out and we're going to go hang out for the morning. And, And sometimes for me, that's like the most productive thing you can do is actually get some time away from your business and take a breather and take a little bit of a rest and just kind of manage your time in a way that can make you more productive. It's not always just about sitting there and putting in the hours, I should say. So I love it. I think some of my most productive time is just listening to podcasts, like on a long bus ride or or something, long car ride. And I just, I end up, you know, coming up with all these great ideas by listening to other people when it's like, I'm away from the desk, away from the computer. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Well, I know one of your businesses is the uh, virtualassistantassistant.com website where you actually do a, a reviews on different outsourcing options. And you've actually opened up the opportunity for people 
to do their own reviews, which has been awesome to read. How did maybe take a minute and tell us how did that site come about? So I was actually working on one of my many failed projects, a wine-related site. And so here, you know, we we're on blogging your passion. Here's something I was not passionate about at all. So I don't know why I was trying to build <laughs> something related to wine. I don't really care. Um, but during my research for that site, I came across this like wine club review site, and I saw their organic rankings, and I knew what the commissions were for these for these club memberships. And I was like, these guys must be making a killing. And so. And the funny thing was, all their reviews were fake. Like, they were totally manipulated to put their highest paying companies up at top. But mm-hmm. either way, seeing that site kind of gave me this idea, like this light bulb moment. Because when I had been searching for my first VA um, a few years before that, there was no real good resource or centralized, like a Yelp for mm-hmm. these different companies. A lot of them are overseas. You're trying to figure out which ones are legit, which ones aren't. And so there was, there was some individual blog posts, and there were the companies that. Um, that were mentioned in the world is flat and four hour work week, but there was no real consensus. So I thought, well, you know, if there's no resource like that, I guess I could build it. And there's, uh, do you listen to the lifestyle business podcast? Yep. That's one of my favorites. And so they have the framework called uh, rip pivot and jam. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to rip off Yelp and I'm gonna rip off this wine review site and make a review site for virtual assistants. That's my pivot. And then Jam was just going to work, writing all these reviews, reaching out to the companies, reaching out to their customers, trying to get them to seed some initial uh, volume of reviews. And now it's, we're about two and a half years deep into that project, and it's the number one site for virtual assistant reviews. It's got, I think, close to 100 companies and I think over 400 reviews now. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know for me it was like a gold mine. I mean, I just found this, I mean, thing that I needed and I've used, you know, outsourcing and virtual assistants. I've done offshore. I've, you know, I've got a VA now who she's based in the U S but, you know, me being able to, to fall onto your side and, and read through it and listen to your honest reviews and then be able to see what other people had said. It was just, it was a breath of fresh air. So I know what, I know firsthand how much work can go into something like that. And I just commend you and thank you for that because it was a benefit for me. Oh, thank you. It's been so much fun to build. I don't know, like some of my other projects, I'm like, why am I doing this? But that one, <laughs> you know, every, every time I get a chance to work on it, I, I'm having a good time. So Awesome. Well, let's, let's get into some specifics that will maybe help the audience that's listening, maybe some uh, advice or tips or things that you've learned along the way. Is there any type of like filter that you use, a mental filter or I don't know, just any kind of tips you can share on whether a task is something you should do or something someone else should be doing? Sure. So I've got four questions to ask yourself and then I kind of want to talk about how to um, build up this, this maybe this task list for your VA. So the four questions I like to ask or I like to start with, number one, is this the best use of my time right now? Number two, is this something that only I can do? Number three, is this something that needs to be done? This is where you know Tim Ferriss talks a lot about elimination, and I think mm-hmm. that's the big first step before you even start about thinking about outsourcing. Right? It's like, why bother outsourcing something that doesn't even need to get done in the first place? Mm-hmm. And number four, is this something I like doing? For example, I do I find myself doing a lot of work. And it's like I don't. This could somebody else could easily take this off my plate, but you know, it's kind of fun. I've been doing it for a few years. There's there's a 
uh, a certain level of comfort in doing the stuff you actually like doing. Um, but beyond that, I want to talk about how to build up this task list for your virtual assistant or for your potential virtual assistant if you're looking about hiring in the future. So first step is to track your time. For two weeks, the next two weeks, I want you to write down everything you do related to your blog, related to your business, and how long it takes. So when I did this, I was doing this in Excel, and it was super simple, um, but a little bit tedious. And then I found a web app called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. It's, um, it's a glorified stopwatch, basically. I mean, you type in what you're working on, you hit the button, and then when you finish, you hit stop. And then at the end of the two weeks, you'll have a nice list of like everything you worked on. And then from there, you can break it down and, and, and apply those four questions to it. Like, is this something that I need to do? Is this something that only I can do? And you have a list of like, hey, if this is something that somebody else can do or can be trained to do, then that's your initial task list for your virtual assistant. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. And, and, you know, it's one of those things that we, we probably know that we need to be writing the stuff down that we're doing so that we can see it, but we just, we don't take the time to do it. I know I did this about three months ago and of course the computer I have is a MacBook Air and on the Mac um, with Evernote, it puts the little Evernote symbol at the very top of the little toolbar and or whatever you call it. And if you click on it, it actually opens up just a real small window where you can capture um, information for an Evernote note. Mm-hmm. And so I just started using that as I was like, as I would think about it, okay, what are you working on right now? Put it on there. And then I would get back to work. And then when I started working on something different, I would hit that little button and the icon, it would pop up. I would write down what I was working on. And literally within three or four days, I had this list of stuff that I'd been doing. And I looked at that and I saw, you know, very, uh, very few items on there as something that I personally needed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, somebody else could definitely be doing a lot of that stuff. And I think that's what you'll find is there's a lot of, of things that you're doing that somebody else can do. And an example, I'll give you an example right now, is when we get done recording this podcast, I'm going to upload the MP3 to Basecamp, and I have a virtual assistant who's going to do the tagging for it, making sure that the show notes are done and they're in there. They're going to upload that to Lipson, which is the hosting for it. They're going to put this into a into a, uh, a blog post. And literally, while that may not sound like a lot, that's, you know, 30 minutes of my time and I could be doing something else. Yeah. If you can get away even with 30 minutes now for my podcast, it takes, I hate doing the show notes, the editing. It's a huge, <laughs> it's a huge pain point for me. So that's definitely on my list of, of uh, items to look at outsourcing in 2014. Yeah. Area. Next question. And I get this a lot, and I'm sure you probably do even more than I do, but what would you say to the person who says, I can't afford to hire somebody to help me? I'll just have to wait until my online business or my blog is successful, and then when it's successful and I got extra cash, then I can start outsourcing or hire somebody. I can't afford it either, man. I I don't want to be the person, you know, who's like super aggressive. You can't afford not to hire someone um, because I'm totally cheap. Like I hate spending money on stuff that I could be doing myself. So this is definitely a tough one. So what I would say, like if your blog isn't making money or it it's not attached to um, a business or that's not supporting a business that's making money, I would keep doing it yourself until you can find that income stream to justify the expense. And I would say that's just for 
like the ongoing stuff, the you know the research, the editing, the you know proofread, whatever they, your VA may be doing for you on an ongoing basis. Like one-time stuff, like design, I think that's totally fine to hire out, whether or not you're making money, because you got to have um, you know that stuff has just got to be done to get yourself started. The exception to this is when you can see a clear path to monetization, but the time is a hurdle um, that's standing in your way from getting there. Hmm. Like you can't get there with the current hours you have. Then I think it makes sense to bring on some virtual help to free up your time, and then you can like, you know, make your make your break for it. And in, in that case, could end up being the best move you ever make. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, I know. Just thinking about when you're talking about that, I was thinking about yesterday. I was working on a new product that I'm hoping to launch sometime in December. And that's what I spent most of the day doing, you know, working on the, the videos and uploading it to the cor- to the course and thinking through recording the videos and that sort of thing that I need to do to create the course. And meanwhile, I was able to outsource the, um, the stuff that I didn't necessarily have to do. So when you were talking about giving stuff away so you can focus on something that's income producing, I think that's definitely great advice. Um, what about what about this? What are two or three simple yet powerful outsourcing tips that you can give to busy bloggers? So you've got these bloggers, a lot of them, uh, well, they're at different stages, I should say, but they're, they're passionate about a particular topic. Maybe they have some ideas of ways they can earn income, or maybe they're earning a little bit of income, but they're just, you know, wanting a couple of tips. They want to just figure out how to get started. Do you have any tips? The first one, and this is the number one tip I kind of give to people regarding outsourcing, is don't think of it as outsourcing. Like in in 2013, it's just sourcing. It's just getting stuff done the most efficient way possible. I think outsourcing kind of has a, a negative connotation. So just get over that, get that word out of your vocabulary. Hey, look, I'm going to get this done. And if I need to hire somebody, um, you know, across town, across country, uh, across the ocean to get that, uh, to make that happen, um, that's just what you got to do. Number two is you can't be too specific or too detailed in your project spec. This is something that uh, I definitely have learned the hard way and it's been some very, very costly mistakes like in Elance and Odesk. Um, you know, if you're writing a, a project spec for a website, I mean, you want to go through, and even I make like mock-ups like in Microsoft Paint and like, and it's terrible, like, you know, little circles and arrows and stuff. Like I want this to move over here and just like step by step by step. You can't be too detailed. Mm-hmm. You really want to set um, both yourself up and your um and your contractor up for success so they can create an accurate bid for you. They have an accurate picture of the project. And the third one is build a relationship. And this one comes from uh, Jonathan Shank. He's at um, facebook.com slash the outsource guy. He's really big on, on Odesk in finding people that you can establish a long-term working relationship with. And it's something I never really thought of. Like I've been working with my, you know, outsource, my original outsource development team since 2005. Um, but that the value is going to be in that relationship. You're not constantly going back to the well, trying to find new people. You want to build a, build a virtual team that you can um, rely on, uh, you know, when the, when the need arises. Yeah. Great advice. Excellent. So, are there any online tools, whether, I don't know, apps or maybe you could share some some tools that you're currently using right now that 
can that they basically assist or they help you in building a freedom business? Sure, sure. So there's um, you know the obvious ones, the you know Skype and Dropbox and Google Docs of the world. Um, the less obvious ones, um, you use Copy. Mm-mm. Copy is is basically it's exactly like Dropbox, except they'll give you 15 to 20 gigs free instead of two. So I've been using that for backing up um, podcast episodes, like bigger files and stuff. So it's been really, really handy. Um, I use Jing and Screencast-O-Matic for um, you doing your screen recording mm-hmm. tutorials for, for virtual people. Um, and Fiverr and Elance for um, you know, little different mini projects and stuff. But some of my new favorites include uh, Schedule Once for um, setting up meetings and, and interviews and stuff. And one I just started using is called Nudge Mail. Um, so, um, so I heard about a different service called FollowUp.cc, but they only allow you 20, I think 20, uh, 20 follow-ups or 20 email reminders a month for free. But Nudge Mail is, right now anyway, it's completely free. Um, so that's one I've been using for for email reminders. Okay, excellent. But the well, best tool of all. <laughs> the best yeah, tool of go all. ahead. There's no substitute for like actually sitting down and doing the work. I, I guess <laughs> I'm kind of a procrastinator. Um, so each time I find, uh, you know, I actually break down the project into these small actionable steps. I mean, that's when I can make more meaningful progress than I ever thought. Like I you even. I have my to-do list, like write book. It's like, that's never going to get done. It's like, okay, how about, you know, write the first part of the outline and then, okay, then I can expand on that and stuff. So that's, some of these projects are intimidating to get started, but trying to break them down into the most manageable pieces. You know, what's the, you know, the GTD thing? Like what's the next actionable step? Yeah. And I often find that when I'm procrastinating, it's because my task is too big. And that's exactly what happens. And I know one thing that's helped me is I, I have this whiteboard that hangs right above my desk. And one of a couple of whiteboards in my office. But um, I've got one right above my desk that contains my top five projects. And I often say that it hangs over me like a boss. And I constantly have to look up and stare at it. I can't get it away from it. It's not going to hide somewhere in some software now, I've got some to-dos and things that I'll use in software, but these main projects are sitting there, and they're staring at me, and I'm looking at them. And And this actually happened the other day where I sat back and I thought, you know, why is this project stalling, and why is this one and that one? Why are those three projects kind of stalling out? And immediately I thought, what is the next step? And you know what I did? I actually used something I learned from your site, and I used fancyhands.com. Oh, and Nice. And I totally just said, do research on this, and I need this to be done, and I need for that to be done. And I got back to what I had to do. I had to jump on a call from someone that was looking to interview me um, for a podcast. And so while I was on, when I got finished with that call, I got back into uh, that Fancy Hands application, and all those three things were done. And it was like momentum was happening again. And so that, to me, is just an example of how you can use, and whether it's fancy hands or whether it's whatever you want to use, I know for me that that helps is for me to look at that project and say, what is the next action, like you said, and then what is it that, um, do I need to do it, or can somebody else do this for me to get some momentum going? 
yeah, I'm guilty. I mean, I won't pretend to be like the most productive person in the world. Like this morning, I probably spent an hour and a half like trying to book a flight and hotel to to Vegas for a conference. It's like <laughs> I maybe saved you know five hours of flight time and and I don't know you know thirty or fifty bucks on the hotel and stuff. It's like oh, I definitely should have sent that one off to Fancy and just <laughs> find me find me the package deal from Oakland to Vegas and for these dates, but. You know, there I was, like, with 18 different tabs open trying to find the best deal. Yeah, I know. I'm like you. I, I go in and out of uh, productivity. Um, I'm not always on point like I want to be. Um, well, let me ask you this, kind of wrapping things up. And This has been great. I know I've learned some things just being on here. Where can the listeners connect with you online? Where's, where's the best place to connect with Nick? So all the virtual assistant stuff is at virtualassistantassistant.com. Um, that's where you can find the review platform and kind of directory of all the different VA companies and download a free guide on how to hire your first VA. And then my kind of home online these days is at sidehustlenation.com. That's a community and blog I'm building around uh, part-time entrepreneurship. Awesome. Love that. Great. Well, listen, this has been great. I appreciate you spending some time with us today. And I just would encourage all the listeners to go check out Nick Go find him, uh, get on his email list. I know I've enjoyed getting updates with what he's doing. He's just uh, very personal in his, with uh, reaching out in his email list to let you know what's going on, the good, bad, and the ugly. And, um, yeah, I appreciate that, and I encourage everybody to connect with you. So thanks for being on here, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me. Great. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Nick. And I want you to think about what is one practical step or takeaway that you can implement starting today, starting right now. And I would encourage you to start getting help before you think you need help. There are affordable ways to do this. You don't have to jump in and hire a virtual assistant full-time. There are many options, and over at virtualassistantassistant.com is a great place to start. Well, that's it for this episode of Blogging Your Passion. I'm so grateful for those of you who tune in each and every episode. And for those especially that take the opportunity to leave us reviews, it's such an encouragement. It gives us the encouragement to keep recording these podcasts and putting in the effort to get awesome interviews and information out to you that can make a difference in your online business and blog. Just recently, uh, we had a review over on iTunes and this is by the username of Blogger Enthusiast. And the Blogger Enthusiast said, I really enjoyed the podcast and would recommend it to newbies and seasoned podcasters alike. This show brings quality content, easy to understand best practices, and I've listened to their entire back catalog. Every show offers great tips, tricks, and ideas that make my own blog even better for my readers. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate that feedback. And we'd love it if you, the listener, would jump over there, give us a rating, even a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to us. Well, that's it. So until next time, go blog your passion and make a difference in someone's world.